welcome to the Urban Christian Woman podcast, where we seek to restore women with God's truth for their everyday lives. I'm Tashika Oliver. And I'm Leah Ross, and we're your hosts. This season, we've got some exciting things in store. So join us as we study God's word, celebrate women living faithfully on mission, and dive into cultural issues through a biblical lens. You ready, Tashiva? Girl, yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's, let's go. go. Welcome back to the Urban Christian Woman Podcast. I'm your co-host, Leah Ross, and we're here in the last series of season five, Creativity and Culture. In this series, we're going to be digging into what it means to be creatives uh, who are also made in God's image and reflecting God's image through the art that we create. And so today, I have the joy of welcoming our sister, Sharon Hughes, on the podcast. Hey, Sharon. Hi, Leah. And Sharon um, is a part of our Urban Christian Woman team here in Cleveland. She's a writer for the blog. So if you haven't checked out her writing, do that. You can find it on the website. She's got a lot of good stuff there. Sharon, you're incredible with your words. You're incredible with your photography. Creativity oozes from you. And so I'm super pumped to hear what you have to say and to give us a spiritual framework for the purposefulness of creativity as women made in God's image. So welcome. And I want you to just like tell the listeners a little bit about yourself as we jump in. Great. Well, First of all, I just want to say thank you for giving me this opportunity to chat with you, Leah. Um, apart from being on the team, you are a friend. Uh, Toshiba's a friend. So I feel like it's a great privilege to be able to talk with you today. It doesn't feel formal. It feels very comfortable. Um, so yeah, just a little background. Same. Yes, same, same. Yes. It feels like just a normal phone call in some yes. ways. Um but yeah, just a little background on my life and my story. Um, I'm first and foremost a follower of Jesus. I that's the bedrock of my life. God got a hold of my life in you know eighth grade year, freshman year of college or freshman year of high school. Sorry, and I just remembered thinking, you know, is what I'm what I'm doing with my life, what I'm living for worth dying for. And I just, Mm. that question really set into me as a freshman in high school. Mm. Um, And so I've been on this journey of following Jesus, of um, learning both my, my sin, but also the fruit of the spirit. And it's shown up in different ways in different seasons. Um, But I kind of find myself now as Mm -hmm. a mom as a wife, I, my husband, Tony and I have been married for almost 13 years. I think hey, we're on the Grace. same, we're yes, on the same we track. We, yeah. yeah. Cause were you, is your anniversary in October? Ours is June. So okay. we'll just be a few minutes, few months before you, right? Yes. Your October. Mm-hmm. October. Yeah. So we've, we're celebrating 13 years this summer. We it's have three kids. Yes. It's a joy filled <laughs> filled and full life um, mm-hmm. with our kids. Um, we, I'm, I'm a Chicago girl. I'm not a Cleveland girl, even <laughs> though I've been here for five years. I was out on the streets in the 90s dancing uh, after <laughs> Michael Jordan won his yes! championship for yes! the 
fifth time or whatever. So we didn't get that joy in Cleveland until the 2000s. Yeah. As soon as I came to Cleveland, LeBron James left. So he probably felt that Michael Jordan energy (laughs) Energy was like, I can't match it. (laughs) Yeah. I can't be here. So anyways, we've been in Cleveland for about five years now. And my husband and I, since we've gotten married, have been freelance photographers, which I know we'll talk about later, but that's a big part of what we do Mm -hmm. for work. Um, But aside from photography, I I have a huge heart for the refugee and immigrant community. I teach a few mornings a week at a local nonprofit teaching English and Mm -hmm. just love the students who are coming from around the world who are in my class. And then I just, I don't know, just I love being a mom. I love Mm -hmm. being a neighbor. I love kind of digging into our local church community. Um, I love being a friend, your friend. I Mm -hmm. just feel like last week we had an impromptu hang where our kids ran around. So yeah, this is kind of the sweetness of of life in in our season right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. And I second all of that. Sharon, you bring us so much joy on the team um, and your perspective even just like all the places that you've come from in your story, the places in Chicago, the stories that you bring from that are super valuable to us. So um, yes, I'm excited for this conversation. So you mentioned that photography is one of the ways that you express this creativity. Tell us a little bit more about that in your story. How did photography come on the scene in your life? Okay, well, I'm going to try to keep this as short as I can because... Um, it's a big part of my story. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I realized that until more recently. But as I reflect kind of on my childhood, I I do remember scouring over my parents' photo albums. My mm-hmm. dad mm-hmm. always took a film camera. Um, and he I just he would take these beautiful portraits of my mom. And um, or they met, they met overseas. So I would kind of study these photographs of the dunes in Saudi Arabia where they met. And I just remember I always spent a lot of time looking through photo albums um, and they kind of brought me to this time and place that I didn't, I hadn't even existed in, but I could feel, I could feel their life through these photos. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as you are, Leah, I'm a child of the 80s and 90s. So disposable cameras. Disposable cameras. (laughs) A big deal. So I remember getting like spending my money to buy disposable cameras mm-hmm. and my sis my younger sister who I like to say is the diva of our household mm-hmm. she loved dressing up and um I I would just be behind this little disposable camera taking her photos and I just I remember waiting with so much anticipation for you know, when you take them to Walgreens, waiting the five days to get them back. Girl, back in the day when you had to wait and you couldn't <laughs> when you like, had to wait. see that real quick. I know. And you got two photos back in focus. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I just remember it was just something, it was this hobby that I picked up that I really liked. Um, but it wasn't until high school that I took a film photography class. Mm-hmm. And this is when I really learned more about the camera, kind of the technical aspects, but also learned how to develop film in a dark room. It kind of brought this deeper layer of understanding of this field of photography. Um, but it it was when I was 18, I decided to take a trip to Liberia, West Africa, 
with an organization called Mercy Ships. And right before I left, my dad actually gave me his his old camera. Um, and mm. he said, why don't you just take this and just practice wow. with it? Yeah. So I, I probably, I kind of look at that point. I'm like, I probably wouldn't have picked up a camera again until my iPhone. If I, if my dad hadn't given me mm-hmm. this camera, but I bought 20 rolls of film. And for the next six months, mm. I just used this camera as a tool. And Liberia at that time was actually recovering from a 14 year civil war. So as I met people and talked to kids and dads and moms, photography became this tool to actually hear people's stories Mm -hmm. because I didn't just go up to them and say, I want your photo. Mm -hmm. I had to get to know them. And I just, I I began to learn about um, people's stories. So really this tool just started to become uh, a way to connect with people that I started to really, really love. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when I got back from Africa, I, I still probably wouldn't have kept up with photography, to be Mm -hmm. honest, but I met my husband, Tony, um, our college days. And he Mm -hmm. was, I I have quotes right now. He was a real (laughs) photographer. (laughs) He was known for always having a camera around his neck Mm. and people would literally be like, oh, there's Tony, the photographer. And Mm. I... And the reason was because he was like hired to be on the yearbook team at his college and was um he had been hired to shoot a few weddings. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you're paid and you're the real you're, deal. You're yeah. the real deal <laughs> and you're really good. And um, and I actually had a lot of negative self-talk at this mm. time. I just remember thinking like he's a real artist or a real photographer. And when he asked me, like, hey, would you wanna assist me on this wedding that I'm shooting in my mind I was like I can't do that I'm not good enough Mm. I'm not as good as you um and just a lot of negative Mm. self-talk but Tony was really I think instrumental in speaking life into me at this particular juncture and he said you actually are an artist and Mm. you are creative and you actually have Um, a lot to offer here. And he had seen my photos from Africa and he's like, Mm. you would be amazing at this. Just try it. Mm. So, um, so yeah, we started shooting weddings together when we were dating and we continued doing this for the next 10 years. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, and I really owe a lot to Tony because not only did he kind of speak life into me at the beginning, but God knew that I couldn't sit in a classroom and learn about the camera. I needed to learn yeah, real in time. real life, yeah. in real yeah. time. And mm-hmm. I almost feel like I was an apprentice mm-hmm. under Tony, um, who was kind of sort of a master technical mind mm-hmm. with the camera. So I asked him a lot of questions. You know, he helped me with really understanding the camera as yeah. the mechanics. <laughs> Which um, like, again, you can, like, he can teach that to you, but he was calling out what was already there, which was that you were creative, that you were an artist, right? So like, he's affirming that. And then he's saying, now here are the tools to maximize yes. that impact. Yeah, he that was, was really equipping cool. me. He was mm-hmm. equipping me to to step into the professional world. So mm-hmm. I I do owe a lot um to Tony for that for that season um but it's funny because yeah. I think even 
even after that, I think I really battled with insecurity because mm-hmm. I wasn't formally trained. Like, And do you think that a lot of artists do? Like you've been in space with other creatives, not just photographers, but it feels like that's the kind of thing that might be common for someone who's like, they're creating something and a lot of it is an expression of their story, their experience, their passion, and not necessarily this like science that they were trained in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think there's that there's that imposter syndrome mm-hmm. that I think a lot of yeah. artists have. And on one hand, there is that element where if I didn't know how to use my camera, um I couldn't I couldn't do as as well of a job. Mm-hmm. Like I there is that element of maturing in your mm-hmm. craft mm-hmm. um and getting good at it, but there's also almost the foundational right part of being an artist is knowing like, okay, God has gifted me in this way. Yeah. And I am confidently stepping out in that um, without, and then, and being humble enough to grow maybe in the technical side. Um, But yeah, I think that's a constant, constant tension. I love that you um, kind of point out like God has already given that, like a lot of us just have to believe in what God has already given us as creatives. Um, And so kind of when you're talking about like where where do you see that story of what God is doing where do you see him pointing to like there is something about how I've created you that allows you to be creative um so i'm thinking of the genesis is this where you want to go with yeah with the genesis uh-huh. chapter okay um so i was reading i was reading Genesis even today mm-hmm. um, and a lot of a lot of translations talk about like the darkness or the mm. abyss mm-hmm. um but I was reading actually the message translation and it was saying that at the in the beginning the earth was like this it says the soup of nothingness huh. <laughs> it was kind of this um yeah, I just think of someone like a like a chef going into the refrigerator mm-hmm. and there's there's they can make something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um that's how mm-hmm. gifted they are. And that's kind of how God was at the beginning. This there was that's a right. I can't, of nothingness. I can't take a picture or paint a painting, but get me in the kitchen and I can yes! of nothing. <laughs> that is your that is your field of art. Yes. And i I'm a witness to that. Amen. <laughs> that chicken All right, soup. I I'm still it. dreaming about. Um <laughs> but yeah, God, God, we have to remember that God is this ultimate creator first mm-hmm. and foremost. And we see that in Genesis. We see that out of the soup of nothingness, mm. God brought color and life and light and greenery and the depths of the ocean. Like we see God and we sometimes lose that. We sometimes forget that. Just this show of artistry mm. when as soon as we open our Bibles. Um, but then we see that God makes human beings um in his image to reflect him mm-hmm. to be part of bringing this soup of nothingness into something good and mm-hmm. to re- to be a part of life and light and so yeah i think as an artist just understanding that god is always first foundational as mm. creator we are created <laughs> and then we we use our skills and our tools to reflect 
the creator God. And um, yeah, and he uses us. Um, Rachel Kong in her book, Let There Be Light, she talks about this or Let Ooh, There Be Art. Let yeah. There Be Art. Yeah, we're going to yes. link that too on socials because we want people to know about that resource. That's incredible. Go ahead, Sharon. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good book. But she talks about this, like God in his infinite power plans a partnership with man in this work of pushing back the darkness. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think I think about that a lot as as an artist or a photographer, um, that that's sort of where it starts. Yeah, that your art is not just creation for creativity's sake, but that you're participating in pushing back the darkness gives like a purpose to it, right? Like I hear you saying that and I really want to draw that out, that the difference between, um, I don't know, just an art form versus creating as believers, especially is you're participating in making something beautiful that does push back the darkness as God speaks those things to existence, like that something beautiful comes up and there is less darkness where that thing is. It's now no longer just a dark void. Um, And so there's something really cool about thinking purposefully about that when we are creating. Right. And that really reflects what God has been doing in the world since mm-hmm. the beginning of time. We're, we're an extension of that as, as followers of Jesus. Man, that'll preach. <laughs> that'll preach. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of The Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is theurbanchristianwoman.com. Sharon, you talk about in your story, this connection um, of photography, and then um, talk to us about this concept of depth of field. I know you were talking about Tony giving you more of the like specifics and sort of the the mechanics of both the camera and photography as an art. So there's this concept of depth of field, apparently, right? You're going to have to coach me up because I don't know very much about photography. And then there's some way that that has spoken to your life as you follow Jesus and as you've used photography to create, um, to tell stories and for God's glory. Give us a little bit of what that means when you talk about depth of field. Yeah, I've been thinking about this photography term or... I've almost thought of it as a metaphor for the Christian life. Mm -hmm. And um, depth of field is simply connected to a setting on our camera. Mm -hmm. And it has to do um, with the focus between what's the nearest object and the furthest object. So for example, a shallow depth of field, Leah, if I'm taking a portrait of you Mm -hmm. and I turn my camera setting to a shallow depth of field, I will see your beautiful face, but I will see nothing else in the background. Mm -hmm. Everything else will be creamy. I won't see the depth. I won't see the detail. 
Mm -hmm. But if I turn my camera settings to a long depth of field, I'm not only going to see you, but I'm going to see what's on the margins of you. Mm -hmm. So I will see depth and I will see detail, not just on you, but surrounding you. Mm -hmm. And I think that God, from the beginning of time, and even Jesus um, kind of holding this out to his disciples is... Turn your camera settings Mm -hmm. to a long depth of field. I don't want you just to think about you as the center of focus. I, it's this, you know, the great commission to go out, Mm -hmm. right? To go deep and to go far. And there's an emphasis on the margins, there's Mm -hmm. an emphasis on the peripheral. Um, things that are happening. And this is actually very, very close to God's heart. So I know that we live in kind of this selfie culture right now. Right. <laughs> where there's just so much focus on me and mine right. and I. But mm. I think the depth of field is the setting changes it to, wait, what about you? What mm. about yours? What about what's happening outside of myself mm. and is there some is can we discover God's heart um in those places so for example i i'll just tell a quick story um when you know back in my photography when i was kind of getting into this photography world as a profession my friend her name is Val Guerra she was teaching um this music therapy class to this group of refugee kids Mm -hmm. who had come from war-torn countries. Some had been connected to military activity as child soldiers. Mm -hmm. And she said, can you just bring your camera and take some photos of this session? It means a lot to me. And I remember feeling that like, like I was almost like, I'm so used to shooting with Tony and shooting these weddings and I feel insecure, but I went and I remember just soaking it in, like watching the kids beat these drums and looking at their hands that had been through so much and their Mm. feet and listening to them sing. And I just took photos of this class. And then I realized this, this is bearing witness to detail, Mm. to the kingdom, to something outside of myself that is very, very close to God's heart. And I think that's where it was just in that small job that I think I connected this dot of Mm -hmm. this is a tool, not just to promote myself, but this is a tool to really like shed light and depth Mm. and detail on the kingdom of God. And that's, that's what I've really uh, tried to do with, with photography. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is so good, Sharon. Like even just what you're talking about, about bearing witness there's something that is um, sacred and holy about doing that when we're called into God's family because we're always we we are aware of something more beautiful. We're aware of life coming from dead places. We're aware mm-hmm. of redemption, and we can use whatever tools that God has given us to bear witness to that and to show the world and each other, one another what God is doing, how, where his hand is at work, where he's active, the beauty that is still there, even in the midst of like things that can feel so broken. Um, 
like the yes. story of of former child soldiers. That's that's really powerful. Now I know in your story too, Sharon. I mean, in your life, you're working with women on the margins. I mean, where you volunteer and teach, um, where you teach at the Hope Center, you're giving um, you're giving time and your space to be with the women on the margins. Can you talk a little bit about like what that's looked like for you to, what have you learned and observed when you're practice paying attention to what is in that depth of field? You talked about the margins. Yeah. So I think what's really interesting with depth of field is to, in order for your camera to pick up on the detail, your camera has to be still. It has to be planted in the ground on a tripod. Say that again. (laughs) Your camera has to be still Mm -hmm. and it has to be planted in a place in the ground. And it has to be, there has to be this long exposure where you're really giving the camera time to take in what is happening in the image. So for me, I'm kind of operating, you know, with my family, with my kids, with my husband. But when I really stop and take a look at my kind of life portrait, what's in front of me, when I look through my camera lens, uh, metaphorically, the refugee community is here. They're among us. They're among my family. And so I think getting into that space of teaching and really relationship Mm -hmm. with those men and women um, has allowed me to get really close to God's heart, um, Mm. to how God is working in the world. Um, So yeah, I think... I think entering those spaces has not, has been about, has been, um, yeah, it's been powerful for me to go there, but it's also been powerful to see how God uses those marginalized people to teach me Mm -hmm. about hospitality, about humility, about not complaining. Like God has actually used them to transform my life. Mm. Um, So yeah, it's been a powerful, I think anybody who has been through war or trauma, who still shows up every day for their family and still Mm -hmm. works incredibly hard. um, Yeah, there's a lot to learn there. That metaphor is really powerful because I think about what is at stake when we stay in a shallow depth of field. Yeah. And that for us as believers, as women who profess Jesus, we're going to have to fight that. Like, and that's in a way fighting sin. Sin is that self-interest, um, that preoccupation with ourselves versus what God is doing. Where is he at work? What are, what, what is, um, what part of his kingdom is he calling us into to experience and bring forth? And what you're saying in that metaphor of being still, of long exposure, like what does that even mean for relationships? Talk to us about the relationships that have come and transformed you through that long exposure with refugee families. Yeah, I think I think for me, it's, it's first and foremost, it's been this, I I moved away from Chicago. I moved away from family, from close friends. And so for me to get to know the refugee community has been to gain friends and to Mm -hmm. gain family. Mm -hmm. And a student in my class the other week said, 
you know, his daughter is trapped in Afghanistan right now and she's exactly my age with three kids. Mm. And he's like, you're like my daughter. And I'm, I'm telling him, you're like my dad. Mm. <laughs> and it's this very sweet bond, but it's uh, not just a bond of humanity, but it's a bond of image bearers, mm-hmm. of people that have been made in God's image who need each other to do life. And I'll just say this, what you were talking about, Leah, just how we we have to fight against um, not being able to participate in these things. The one thing that is going to keep a camera from kind of picking up this detail is darkness, is literally darkness. Mm. And we have to ask ourselves, what is darkness that keeps us from going deeper into God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that could look a lot, that can look different for a lot of us. Um, but I think obviously different forms of sin. But I think when we when we are pursuing God's light, which is his word, mm-hmm. his spirit, mm-hmm. Christian community, mm-hmm. we are being pushed to see the margins of our life story. So yeah, I would say these people not just quote unquote marginalized people, but marginalized people to my story that could mm-hmm. look different for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, they have brought me closer to, to this work of redemption and light and life and, and really so much joy. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for giving us permission to think about that in our context, that it's different for everybody. What is on the margins of your life is going to be different than what is on the margins of my life. Yeah. What is in that sort of depth of field periphery in your life is going to be different based on your experience. But the fact that God is calling us to pay attention to what's there Mm -hmm. and then to ask that question of how are you at work in that space and where are you calling me to engage more deeply through stillness, through exposure? Uh, that is like, that's gold, man. Like, that's just so beautiful to think about and to lay before God. Like, what are you calling us into in this? Um, and how can we walk more deeply with what you're calling us to? So, yeah. 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 Mm, mm, mm. So this is only this is only the beginning. In the next episode, Sharon, we're gonna you're gonna be talking with Toshiba about the theology of art. So what would you say to our listeners, to women, about journeying through in this conversation with us? Yeah, I would just say we're gonna start foundationally with God as creator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we are God's created beings. Um called to proclaim his life and his light and reflect back to God. And that's going to be our starting point. Um, We're called to bear witness to who Mm -hmm. God is. And I think a lot of times when we hear bear witness, we think of using our mouths. And I remember thinking like like, street evangelism, like street evangelism. (laughs) Right. I want us, I think I want everybody listening to this podcast to take the time to reflect what does bear witness look like for me personally. Mm -hmm. And it might be a little more obscure than Mm -hmm. some of us think, you know, it may be talking, but it may be with your paintbrush or Mm -hmm. it may be with writing or it could be with photography. It could be with singing. It could be just these simple ways that we bear witness 
to who God is in the world. Um, mm. So yeah, I think I want us to consider that as we kind of talk through these themes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I'm excited. I feel like that's if we're all unleashed, kind of into our story, into our quote unquote life portrait. Mm-hmm. Um, how are we reflecting uh, God as Creator? Mm. It's going to be so good. Ladies, stay plugged in for this series. I am so excited and I'm convinced that it's going to really be just so rich and so encouraging, not only for creatives, like don't be like, if I don't, you know, paint or take pictures that this is not for me. There's something really valuable, even in the metaphors that you already shared today, Sharon, that's going to help us in our lives. Like all all of us are called to express and bear witness in some way. And so I'm really grateful for that. Sharon, thank you so much for your words today, just the encouragement for these women. And if you would uh, be willing, would you pray for us as we close out? Yeah, I would love to. And thank you, Leah, for having me. It's been really sweet. So let's pray. God, we thank you um, that you made something out of the soup of nothingness and Mm -hmm. that you created life and light and greenery in the depths of the ocean, God, Mm -hmm. and that all comes from you. It doesn't come from us. And But you were kind enough to create us, God, and you created us in your image and Mm -hmm. you set us out to be creators, Lord. And we all bear that. We all bear Mm -hmm. how you've made us. And I just, I pray for each uh, person listening today Mm -hmm. that they would know first and foremost that they were created by a loving God. And would you identify, help us identify in our lives how we use our bodies or our skills or the tools that you've given us to reflect your love into the world, God, to reflect your light, God, to bring detail, to bring depth to the corners of our lives that are maybe often forgotten, God, because that's actually the very center of your heart, God, that we would be women that pursue your kingdom through tools, various tools of art, Lord. And I just pray, I pray that each woman would know that they have something to offer and to contribute God, to to the work of your kingdom, Lord. And we just pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Have a blessed yeah. day, ladies. Thank you, Leah.